Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Please turn in your Bibles with me to Acts 28. Tonight, Acts 28, we're going to read from verse 21 to 25. The Bible says, But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Man, you should have listened to me. <laughs> And have not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the sheep. We might have to lose a few things, but no life will be lost. We might have to cut down some hours, but no life will be lost. He said, For there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord whom I belong. Question is, who do you belong to? Oh, whose are you? He said, whom I serve. Saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. Do not be afraid, Paul. You will get to the end of your journey. You will fulfill your vision. You will complete your assignment. Indeed, God has granted you all these people who sail with you. That's another dimension. We'll get there. Therefore, take heart. Say to your neighbor, take heart. He said, man, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. The title of my message tonight is Just As It Was Told Me. Say that to your neighbor. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. Bless your name. For counting us worthy to put us in ministry. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the ministry of your word. Thank you, Lord, for you have the final say. And indeed, you are showing it tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the word which you have whispered in my heart. For that which you have proposed to do in the life of your people. That you will do just as you have told them. Lord, I ask tonight that you will help me to minister your word. Spirit of the living God, we can do nothing without you. So Lord, we ask that you will invade every part of my system. That you will speak clearly, you will speak with authority. Lord, you will speak louder to them than they can even hear me. Open their hearts to understand. Lord, help them, Lord, to receive. I pray, Lord, that all of us together will be partaker of this divine nature. Thank you because your word will find its purpose and it will profit wherever it's sent to tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, we adore you, we, we magnify your name. For we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody believe that, say amen. amen. Just as it was told me. Now there are things... In the Bible, there are many people today, when you hear them, um, in today's world, uh, given our kind of uh, level of modernization, breakthroughs in technology, and sometimes people's acquired wealth, the comfort and the success that many people have seen in life, 
um, when they hear some things in the Bible, perhaps of their social status even, they feel that these stories are far-fetched. They wonder why, how on earth it could be true. You know, it is one of those reasons why many people today believe that faith in God is something of the old. You know, it's some kind of, you know, some kind of uh, old stories, fables. Many people don't understand when we say some things happen in the Bible and the God of the Bible is the God of today. Many people don't understand what it means. They feel that um, their life or the life we live today has gone past some possibilities. When you read in the Bible about plagues, about pestilences, some people think, for real, is that really possible? You read in the Bible about famine. You read in the Bible about money failing. Many people think, no, it can't happen. So many things been done to take care of such problems. You read in the Bible about cities that were locked down. And nobody moved in, nobody moved out. They say, that can't be possible. No, we, we've gone past all that. There are some things that can never occur, they will say. When you read about the flood, washing away cities, again, they will tell you that, you know what, that can't happen. There are so many things that have been done to stop all that. But I believe that our God is the God of yesterday. He's the God of today and the God of tomorrow. And what God said in the past, he's still saying now. Because God will have to bring every generation to encounter him one way or the other. If you have lived long enough, you will have witnessed the tsunami. You will have seen cities turn into ghost town. Turn into seas of water. Structures, infrastructures washed away. Bridges that you thought were so beautiful washed off. You will have seen farming in the modern day. And because of a time, in the recent days, you have heard of the coronavirus. Now, I don't need to talk much about that. A virus that there's no vaccines for it yet. A virus that has no respect for royalty. It has no respect for dignitaries. Jumps from nation to other nations. A virus that has no respect for, for persons, patients and the physicians. Wherever you are, these things have no regard. But that's exactly what the word of God is. Has no regard for you. Because what God says to the top is what he says to the ones at the lower level. Now, so we have an unfolding story before us. Nations are stunned. Business is taking a big hit because of what's going on around. We are confronted with a modern day unprecedented history being unfolded in our own eyes. Heads of nations, friends, are shutting down doors. Almost like the biblical Jericho. No one going in, no one coming out. And you tell me the Bible is not true. Without nobody shooting no missiles, people are putting up defenses. These are days of new normal. Budgets are hitting the roof. Why the value of money is dropping at the same time. But nobody is complaining because it is a new normal. 
But one thing that we must also know in all this is we have to ask ourselves what is the devil planning in this season? For we are not ignorant of the devices of Satan. But in the times of adversity, friends, in the time of setbacks, in the time of sicknesses, pestilences, in the time of plague, the enemy capitalizes on a number of things. So that the people's these cannot turn into praise. And I believe God wants to expose about those things and empower you and empower me. Because the days ahead are interesting. That's why God changed my message. This is not what I planned for this convention. This is not what I intended. But God said to me, that's what I've got for my people. And I want you to please open your spirit. In the time of adversity, the devil hypes of anxiety. So what is anxiety? The word anxiety in the Greek meaning of it, it means to be divided, to be distracted. When there is anxiety, people cannot be focused on certain things. Because of time, let me just keep, give you just about five. Five quick effects of anxiety. Number one, it highlights the human possibilities. And it chokes off the God factor. In the time of anxiety, everybody comes up with all that can happen, humanly speaking. It's almost like God has gone to sleep. Do you know? This is the number of things that can happen. Do you know? A whole city can be wiped away right now. Do you know? This can happen to you. As Everybody is talking about what can happen. Not about what God can do. That's a time of anxiety. Number two. It drains one's energy. One's motivation and one's joy. Hence you become negative. The time of anxiety. There is no motivation. People just feel that, what am I even worried about? What am I even rushing to do? What is the need for me to make any effort? What is the point? So people become lethargic. There is no urgency anymore to do the right thing. Because people say, I know somebody who was so, so hardworking, but they became, that they were tested positive. In my place of work, why do I need to do the right thing? Let me just sit at home and phone. I've been tested positive. Since I can have two weeks off at least. The time of anxiety. It nullifies the ability to keep peace. Because of the wrong focus. When people are anxious, they don't see the need to walk towards peace anymore. Everybody puts up barriers. That's what happens. Quickly, it weakens sound judgment and the willpower of reasoning for kings. It, it weakens the ability for kings to think well. The willpower to do the right thing. What happens is everybody begins to go into self-preservation. When there is anxiety, Instead of going into self-fulfillment, into purpose fulfillment, we go to self-preservation. Kings would make decisions that will shock you. 
It was anxiety that made Saul, the king, to go and hide in a cave. Because there's a Goliath that was shouting on the street. My dear friends, in 2 Kings 19, that is our focus, passage for this convention, was anxiety that made Ezekiah to cry out, I have no defense against the Carib. Help me, because there is trouble. I have nowhere to run to. The time of anxiety, kings become like babies. The time of anxiety, mothers, because there is famine in town, have been known in the Bible to take a decision. Let's boil up your children. Boil up our children so we eat mine today. Or we eat yours today, we'll try mine tomorrow. The time of anxiety, all kinds of things have been known to happen. It is called this problem can occur and make people to forget that promise. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, it was this problem that came into the camp of David. As David and his team came back and they found that Ziklag had been run over. The Bible said the Amalekites had been there and they had burnt the place down. And they've taken everybody, both great and small. None was left behind. And when all this pain came upon his lawyer and faithful team, they turned on their own master. They said, we're going to stone you. My dear friends, when anxiety comes over, um, impossible things, unimaginable things can come out of people's mouths. Because everybody wants to preserve their own interest at that time. It is amazing that a particular country was exempted from coming to UK, US, at this time. Maybe they will soon join the list. Now, I don't know what your own problem, what your own this problem is. Because this problem is not about virus. This problem is not about farming. This problem may not be about a job. This problem may not be about a health. But there, everybody has got a this problem. I don't know what your this problem is, but I came here tonight to tell somebody that he shall turn to praise in the name of Jesus. Because God has an answer to every this problem. So this brings me to the text before us tonight. The Bible says to us that Paul the apostle, he was on a journey to Rome. He was a prisoner. And if you look in that boat, there are different categories of people. I don't know what time would allow me to actually show you that. But he was in this boat. It was a doomed voyage. They encountered the mother of all tempests. Euroclidon. And the Bible says that this after he had won them. The interesting thing is at the beginning of the journey, even Paul, the man of God, his perception, this is where you should understand, I felt when the Holy Spirit showed me this passage is important, I, I also stress it. He said, men I perceive. Now when you say you perceive, you are quoting the Holy Spirit. Am I correct? He said, I perceive that this journey will not only lead to the loss of properties, it will lead to the loss of lives too. So what am I trying to show you here? There might be people who have perceived stuff, but your perception cannot be over, cannot be superimposed over God's interception. 
because there's something called the mercy of the Lord. All kinds of perception can go in around, can occur in any situation. You can have a dream, you can have a word, you can have anything, but God, at the end of the day, see how the final say. I believe God has something to say over this nation. He has something to say in the nations of the world at this time. No matter what is going on. So Paul and his folks, they found themselves in the midst of this terrible tempest. They drifted into the oblivion without, the, without seeing the sun or the stars for many days. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you could not even know, where am I? They were in the darkness. Sometimes you can be dazed with financial trouble that you are, you are just walking the streets. You're just walking. Somebody is calling your name. You, can't even, you don't even understand where you left your phone. You don't even know what's going on. You don't know whether you had lunch or dinner. Your appetite had gone because of financial crisis. Sometimes you are in a hospital because you are waiting on a family member there. And you are sitting, they are, still, they are still in the same position they were last night. And you're looking at them, they were still in the same position. You have no need for time because of the problem of this problem you are going through. There are many times, friends, that things occur that you find yourself in the oblivion. And the Bible tells us that Paul and his voyagers, they were in that position. They were there for days. There was no sun and there was no star. I don't know whether you have ever looked up and you found yourself in that position before. It is an unimaginable position. But the good news, there can be no darkness that will be so thick that will hinder your God from coming to you. It was dark. I might not know my way to you. Your pastor may not know where you are. Your wife may not know. Your husband may not know, but your God surely knows how to locate you. There are many times that people just don't know how to figure each other out. But the Bible says, in the story here, God came through to, to Paul. And that's where I want to start the story tonight. How can God move me from these to praise? How can I this turn to praise? The first thing I want to say is you must know who God is to you. You must know who God is to you. Many people just want solution to what is going on around them today. And I found people in the, in the last few days who will never use unless God help us. They've never used God before. Now they are saying unless God. So now you're discovering there's something called God. But it's not enough to say unless God help us. You must discover also who is God to you. That in whatever situation you are tonight, in whatever situation you might be going through, it could be any kind of situation. You must know who is God to you. The Bible makes it clear in verse 23. It says, For there stood by me this night, not tomorrow. Because I believe God is going to stand by you tonight. God is going to reveal his mighty hand to you. That's why before he went to the cross, he broke the bread. He told them as often as to do this. 
You bring this moment into remembrance. You activate a covenant that can never die. I will show up in your darkness. In the labor room, I will show up. In your present theater, I will show up. This night. You must know, my friend, that it's your savior and your master. Now, that word means a lot. My savior and my master. He said, there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord to whom God I belong and whom I serve. Who are you serving? Who owns you? Because if, if you belong to him, if you are serving him, if you actually say, all that I am, all that I have, all that I would ever be is you, oh God, there will be no arguments. You know why? Then you will know that no matter what happens to me, it's happening to him. You will not be afraid. You will not be thinking about, oh God, oh God, oh God, God, God. No, you will know it's me and God together. Because it stands by me. Can I have an amen there? Number two. You must have peace with God. Have peace with God. Have the peace with God. There is a peace with God and the peace of God. It surpasses all human understanding. That people wonder, how can you seek God to walk? You said, I have peace. I have peace. How can you still do this? I have peace. How can you still forgive him? That's why what he did or she did. I have peace. The peace of God surpasses all human understanding. You must have that peace. Amen. Number three. Have the knowledge of God. Have the knowledge of God's word for your life. Now, we're about to step this up now. Because you have to understand that the reason why you can understand just as he told you is he must have told you something. Just as he told me, you must have an understanding of the word of God. What did he promise you? And I came to tell somebody here, every one of us here, we have a promise from God on an area of your life. There's something he said to you. And this is a night. In a time of crisis. You hold on to what he told you. What did he tell you? What did he promise you? It's very important. Oh pastor. I don't know what he promised me. Search the scriptures. He said, For in there you see. You have the words of life. There is a promise for your family. There is a promise for your career. There is a promise for your marriage. There is a promise for your health. Am I talking to somebody? This is a season for you to know what he told you. And it's a reason for you to say, Lord, just as you told me, I hold on to your word. I believe your word. I will quote your word. I will stand on your word. No matter what I see, God, I thank you for your word. Am I talking to somebody? Paul was in a position that didn't look like it. But he remembered just as he told him. I believe him. I love what he says there. He says in verse 24, do not be afraid, Paul, 
You must be brought. I love the word must. <laughs> you must. Somebody say you must. I love that. You must be brought before Caesar. Now, friends, that is possible to believe. If what we are talking about is a flight that is just taken off the wrong way and everything looks cool. Oh, no, don't talk about flights. Since they were on a, on a cruise. Let's say it's a cruise. And they're just coming off the, coming off the port. And, you know, people are waving at you. And there is no problem. You can see all kind of activities you're going to do later on. And they say, you know what? Do not be afraid. You're going to get to the next. We say, of course, no problem. But when everything is falling apart, when water already has come into the boat, when everyone has thrown over the, the, everything that they can use to survive, that was the point God was telling him he should not be afraid. They have taken off the only kidney that left. And they're saying to you, do not be afraid. God, he said, do not be afraid. You say, really? Do not be afraid. You're going to come through this oppression. Really? Do not be afraid. Fear is one of the areas by which many people cannot allow their this to turn to praise. And the angel of the Lord is saying, don't forget this. You are mine. I'm standing with you. And I gave you a word. Do not be afraid. Are you listening to this? I know your husband has done that. He said, do not be afraid. I know your son, your daughter has done this. Do not be afraid. You have to say to yourself, do not be afraid. Number four, keep your heart and mind on God's word, not on the raging storm. Keep your heart and mind on the word. If you and I are going to see these turning to praise, now we have to keep our mind on the word and not on the storm. Why is that important? Because the storm, oh, it's only again, it's only again. Keep your mind. The pregnancy. He's looking threatened to drop. But he said, keep your mind on the promise. Do not be afraid. Don't look at the signs. Don't look at what the doctors are saying. He said, do not be afraid. Keep your mind on the word. Keep your mind on the word. Every time you take your eyes off the word, you will see the boisterous wind. Peter was making good progress. Walking on the water. The Bible said he shifted his eyes. He saw the wind. Then he began to sink. The word was standing in front of him that says, come. But he shifted his eyes. Oh my God, look out. Then he started to sink. It wasn't because the word was not present. It was because his focus shifted. In what area of your life? Have you shifted your focus? What was the promise he gave to you at the beginning of your business? What did he say to you at the beginning of your ministry? What did he say to you at the beginning of your marriage? That's why young people, it's important for you to ask yourself, why am I marrying this particular person? What did God say? You know, many people don't even think that's relevant anymore. 
If you don't know what God said, in the time of calmness, what are you going to hold on to? In the time of storm. What did he say? What was the conviction of your heart? What are you holding on to? Because God is only committed himself to pay for what he called for. The Bible says in Isaiah 23 verse 26 verse 3. It says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because why? He trusts in you. He trusts in you. Philippians 4, 6. We love that scripture. He said, be anxious for nothing. You see that? Do you think God didn't know there would be some virus like coronavirus? Yet God said, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But he, everything by prayer and supplication. God. With what? Thanksgiving. So here is the test for every one of us. In what way have you combined the three today concerning the coronavirus? You've read the news. You've got the news flashes. But have you been able to say, Lord, I thank you that I'm here. Thank you. My family is here. Thank you. We are here. Thank you. We are gathering. Thank you. Our nation is standing. Thank you. We give, you know, you haven't even done that today. Or you're saying, oh, the number jumped 164. One jump in one day. Oh. Have you combined the three with prayer and say, Lord, I thank you for the blood. I wave the banner of the blood over United Kingdom. I wave the blood over my household. Are you doing that? And Lord, I thank you. You keep on standing. Number five. Don't let other people's fear. Because there are professional people who carry fear as their middle name. They will post it to your platform. They will send things that, hey, so many people died though. Someone said to me today, hey, pastor, X number of people in Queens, doctors, oh, they were sent home. They were positive, made positive. I said, I cover all our members in the blood, both patients and nurses and doctors. All our frontline members, I cover them in the blood. We have to get to the point where we don't allow fear reports. To dictate our praise. People will tell you that, you know what, those who have done this test and made it, they are very few. Say, see, see that man? You look at the man. His glasses look like somebody should be intelligent. He has done this test. Three times he has failed. See that woman? She's done driving tests and failed. So you, where are you coming from, Bangladesh? And you thought you would pass one time. No way. 
Hey. So how many times do you think I, I have to do like about seven times? About seven, minimum seven times. Hey. But you have to get to the point where you will know our God is a God of covenant. Amen. Hallelujah. You have to understand that if he has called you, he will qualify you. He will make it. Hallelujah. To come to pass in your life. Don't let the reports of fear, of the people's fear, don't let it infect you. Don't let it infect you. Don't receive a report God didn't call to you. Number six, fill your mouth with thanksgiving and praise. Let it just be a star. Wash your mouth with it. Have another mouthwash to carry with you. It's called thanksgiving and praise. Thank you, Jesus. You know, many years ago, some, I think it must be about uh, some 23 years ago when I met uh, Bishop Fadi. Till today, if you call him, good morning, Bishop, what will he say? It's a new day. <laughs> it's a new day, my brother. It's a new day. That's his middle name. One day I sat down to think about it's a new day. And I realized, I may have failed yesterday, but today, it's a new day. Come on, say it's a new day. When you have a mindset of a new day, you learn to praise today. Don't let yesterday's failure hinder your praise today. It's a new day. Wake up every day and believe today. It's a new start. Fill your mouth with thanksgiving. That's what Paul did on that boat. He said, therefore, take heart, men. For I believe God that it will be just as he told me. Now let me show you something interesting in this place. How did Paul change his mood? Was it because the situation changed? Was it because they have now docked at the same place? The boat was still threatening to sink. They were still in the middle of nowhere. The sickness was still in the body. The infection was still there. Everything was still the same where it was. But he said, I believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe it will be done just as he told me to be. Somebody here need to know. You don't need to wait until you see. Before you change your character. Change your praise. Change your story. Change what you say. Because God said, right now I'm saying it to you. You need to believe. If you believe. It will be just as he said it. Right there, Paul's mood changed. This was the same man who believed we're gonna, we're all done. He was the same man. Don't tell me because you don't want to sound you are wrong. If you encounter a fresh revelation of God, make it public. This was an apostle Paul. He had told them we are going to die. The same man brought the word back. We are not dying. My God showed up last night. Baby, get up. We are going to do it again. We are going to make it again. We are winning this time. I, I don't know who I'm talking to this, this evening, but I see God doing a new thing in your life. 
I said he's doing a new thing in your life. Our God is changing the old story. He's bringing you in a new way. This is your time. This is your season. Receive it. I know I told you I would never marry again. I told you men have weak, men are wicked. All men are liars. But now I'm telling you it's a new day. I know I told you doctors will never do this. I know I told you God, God cannot heal me. I know I told you I can't get that job. I know I told you but I see God changing the story. The same man in the same boat he encountered a new level of revelation. The real proof that you know God is when God can change your mind. <laughs> it's when he can change your mind. I've seen many people who say they know God. But God that they know can't change their mind. Mm, I know what I've said. We have said good night to. I don't say good morning. Who are you and good night and good morning? If God says to you, forgive, you forgive. It's a new day. If God said to you, start, start. Let me just begin to tie this up. Thank you. Be seated for one second. I want to close this. This is very important. The last point I want to give before we step this up again. Stay in the secret place. Stay in the secret place. Each one of us either have a secret place or we have a secret sin. Stay in the secret place. God will bring the nation, bring particularly the church, back to this place of prayer again. That's one of the purpose of this season. We have to locate our secret place. We have to stay in the secret place. My wife was telling me yesterday, and some of you will know this, that they said, if they're going to get the vaccine for coronavirus, in Ghana, they call it Koro. <laughs> In Ghana, you know what they say? They say Koro and his cousin, virus. <laughs> I said, my brothers are so creative. So my wife said, what the doctors have said or what the health advisors have said is, if there's going to be a vaccine for it, it will be towards the end of the year. And somebody can say, ah, are we all not going to die before that? You see, that's exactly the mind that God wants you to reject. Stay in the secret place. Where you stay can determine your future. Are you listening to this? Ah, when this kind of problem occurs, it has no respect for the color of the passport you carry. Your secret place is not your country. Oh, nobody should come here. As if that place is safe. As if it is safe. Where do you dwell? Stay in the secret place. It is the only place that God has assured you and I our safety. Now, what does that mean? And I want to show you this is very important. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 91, I want to read the whole scripture. I want to show you some things. He said, he who dwells 
in the secret place of the most high shall abide on the shadow of the I see you abide on the shadow. You know when you see the shadow it means the real person is close by. He said the God whom I belong to stood by me. That's why there's a shadow right there. You can't have the secret place if you are far from the real person. You must understand this is very crucial. He says in verse 2, he said, sure. So he, said, he said, I will say, this is a personal thing. Not my mom will say for me. Not my pastor will say on my behalf. I will say. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge. Oh, I love the scripture. And my fortress. May he cover you. May he be your shield. May he be your fortress. May he be your vaccine. May he be your blessing. May he be your healer. May he be your covering day and night. In the name of Jesus. He said he's my God in whom I trust. I thank God for NHS. I thank God for everybody. But I trust in my God. I trust in my God. He said he's my God in whom I trust. The Bible says in verse 3. Surely, somebody say surely. He shall deliver you. <laughs> he does not need to deliver if there is no crisis. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. The Bible said he shall cover you with his feathers. On the train he will cover you. In the place of work he will cover you. When you go to church he will cover you. When you go to school he will cover you. When you go to uni he will cover you. He will cover you. There is a vaccine that existed before time began. It's called the blood of Jesus. He said it's called the blood of Jesus. Receive the covering of the blood. He will cover you. He will cover your children. That's why we cannot live in fear. Now watch this in case somebody didn't know this. He said under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. There is terror in the night. Nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence or corona that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste. You see that he lays waste a thousand five hundred. They just mention numbers as if they are not human beings. But you shall not be afraid. A thousand may fall on your side. Oh my goodness. Ten thousand on the right hand. But he shall not come near you. He shall not come near you. He shall not come near your children. He will not come near your home. In the mighty name of Jesus. It's only with your eyes you will look. And see the reward of the wicked. And when I got to this point. And I said, somebody might say, oh, so. If somebody is tested positive, that will make them wicked. No. No. Because this scripture, and this is what I wanted to understand, folks, does not say you will not get into trouble. He said, I will deliver you. Even in trouble. Even if somebody is tested positive, I will deliver you. That's what he's saying here. Are you getting my point? 
You see, you don't take, oh my God, that's the positive. That's the end of my life. No, 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 no. You say, Lord, you want to show a new power. There's the power of resurrection. That is the life of God in me. I am coming out of this. I am testifying that the power of God can raise the dead. Because what the devil wants you to think is if someone you know or you find yourself in trouble, then that means God, do not take the presence of the storm to mean the absence of God. The God whom I serve stayed by me tonight and yet I'm still in the storm. And then he say, as we begin to close, my time is gone. Oh, he says, I love this. Only with your eyes you will see the He said, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. This is very important. So, my dear friends, everywhere you are, you have to know you are, you are indwelled by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you go to work and you attend to that patient, you are thanking the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because we are seeing this patient. I thank you, Lord Jesus, because we are going to college. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are sitting on this train. You're not running away and losing as if you have no God. And somebody calls a normal cop beside you, you are running away from them. All kinds of things going on. Family members locking off each other because the normal cold. Hey, don't come out of your room. Don't come. Can you imagine what's going on? This is what the devil wants. This is what the devil wants. When the church was shot in Italy, and on the news, some of you saw this, a lady said, they even shot the church. Where are we supposed to go to for help? And I felt in my heart because what she said was true. If the church is a hospital, it's just like saying they shot hospitals. But the church is also an hospital. So if you shot the church, then where is hope? And this is where there is a vaccine before all vaccines. It says it will be your dwelling place. Let me run this up. He said, for he shall give his angels are <laughs> you seeing this? Oh, no evil. I dump it, verse 10. No evil shall befall you. That's a good place to say a loud amen. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. He said, God shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. To keep you in all your ways. I love that. In all your ways. When you go out tomorrow, in all your ways. When you go out tonight, in all your ways. When you go out every single day of the year, in all your ways. He will keep you. He will keep you. The Bible says, He shall call upon me. This is where I love most. And I will answer. Whether it's positive or negative. He will call. And I will answer. I will be with him. We are in trouble. 
in trouble. I'll be with him in trouble. One of the things God wants from his children to know is he wants a people who will know that he's God on the mountain top and God of the valley. He is God not because they've got a new car, not because they've got a new house, but he is God because he's God. That's when you can look at the devil in the face and say, what are you going to do? You can't touch me. Because I bear him in the mark of Christ. And I love verse 16. He says, with long life. Somebody is receiving this. I said, with long life, I will satisfy you. Show you my salvation. You will not die. You will live to fulfill your purpose. To fulfill your assignment. In the name of Jesus. I say you will live your days in full. Tonight, as we bring this service to a close, the Lord said to me to make an altar call. It begins with, do you know who you are to him? And do you know who he is to you? Tonight is not a time for you to think, oh, I am shy. No, 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 no. Because this is your vaccine. It's the mother of all vaccines. We are in this place tonight. And you don't feel you know this God like you should. I know you know the church, you know the postcode, you know the name of the church, you probably know the pastor. But do you know the shepherd of your soul? Do you know this man of Galilee who died for you? Tonight, God wants you to accept him. Just lift up your hand and I want to pray for you. Because this is where you get the assurance that it is well with your soul. Anybody like that in the house tonight? I want to pray for you quickly, quickly, quickly. Before we bring this service to an end. Because over the next three days, what you are going to be getting is men of God will be coming here to build superstructures on this foundation that you have heard. And impacts you and I with grace in all circumstances that this should turn to praise. And I want you to begin tonight with your salvation. Do you have anyone in the house say, I want to rededicate my life. Pastor, I want to rededicate my life. Come out quickly. Come out, come out. Let me just pray with you. If anybody like that is in the house. Do we have anyone like that? Okay, if there is none. Can we just thank God for our salvation? Everybody. Just bless him because you are saved. Just thank him for the salvation of your soul. Give him praise in the house. Thank him for the blood that was shed. Say, say thank him for the blood, the blood that's over you. Thank him for the blood over your house. The blood over your house. The blood. The blood thank you the for blood. listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again.